Key Aero, your aviation destination. Military Aviation. Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Air Warrior podcast. I am your host Richard Thomas and this week I'm in conversation with Rotary and Mission Systems manufacturer Leonardo on its AW149 helicopter detailing the origins and capabilities of the platform as well as the current and future market interests including the UK's much talked about new medium helicopter requirement. All of that coming up a little later on in the show. The news this week. General Atomics Aeronautical Systems has announced the completion of the first MQ-9A Block 5 UAV and associated ground control station for the Royal Netherlands Air Force with the aircraft due to be delivered in late 2021. During the July 7 rollout ceremony at its corporate headquarters in Poe, California, General Atomics stated that the MQ-9A will begin acceptance testing later this year and the program will see four MQ-9A Block 5 UAVs and four mobile ground control stations delivered along with associated equipment and support in a $123 million foreign military sales deal awarded in March 2019. Staying with the Netherlands and after 42 years, the Royal Netherlands Air Force has ended Lockheed Martin F-16 AMBM Fighting Falcon multi-role fighter operations from Leeuwarden Air Base in Friesland. On July the 5th, without any formal ceremony, the final Fighting Falcons from number 322 Squadron departed Leeuwarden, performing a brief flypast over the installation before heading to their new home of Volkholm. Leeuwarden will now concentrate its focus on building up the Royal Netherlands Air Force Lockheed Martin F-35A Lightning II fifth-generation multi-role stealth fighter operations while preparing for the aforementioned General Atomics MQ-9A Block 5 Reaper UAV. And finally, German defense electronic solutions provider Hensolt has been awarded a contract to deliver the country's new Pegasus Airborne Electronic Signals Intelligence, or SIGINT, system. Awarded by the German Federal Office of Bundeswehr Equipment, Information Technology and In-Service Support, Hensolt will integrate the new Pegasus SIGINT system into three Bombardier Global 3000 aircraft. Hensolt will act as general contractor for the program and is responsible for the production of the SIGINT system, while Lufthansa Technik will procure the three Global 3000 platforms and perform required modifications to install the Pegasus technology. And that was the news. Time now to turn our attention towards the exclusive interview with Leonardo and an in-depth analysis of its AW149. With the ever-present need for military mobility and aging fleets feeding into a global surge in the medium helicopter market, rotary manufacturers are making concerted efforts to position themselves at the right place at the right time to meet this requirement. But one such program is the UK's new medium helicopter Endeavour, and one such company is Leonardo, which is presenting its AW149 platform as a solution to the country's needs. Joining me on the Air Warrior podcast is Mike Morrisrow, head of UK campaigns. Mr. Morrisrow, thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, good afternoon. And thanks for the opportunity to speak with you. Not at all. So first up for our listeners, could you give us an idea as to what we're talking about? What sort of platform this is? Where did the AW149 come from? Well, Yes, I mean, the AW149 first flew at the end of 2009, actually early 2010, was subsequently military certified by the Italian authorities in 2014. And in that respect, it represents the latest generation of of military helicopters. It's been designed from the outset as a multi-role platform, so readily reconfigurable to meet a wide range of demanding mission profiles in the most kind of 
severe operational environments. So for us, it represents as I said, the latest generation of military helicopters. Since its military certification, we've continued to develop the product. We've added a series of military kits or let's say options, which are off the shelf. There's been several kind of software upgrades in terms of the avionics. And most recently, we've introduced another engine option to give our military customers even more choice. So it's effectively learned the lessons or taking on board the lessons of you know, quite a long time that Leonardo has been developing helicopters. So how does it sort of stack up to um, its predecessors? Obviously, this is a slightly different platform or a very different platform, but what sort of leaps has Leonardo been able to take with this platform that maybe it wasn't able to do so a generation ago? Well, what we sought to do with the 149 is to marry, as you say, our military heritage and experience with learning from our civil fleets. And so from a military perspective, clearly we've got decades of experience in providing military products to sort of tier one nations around the world in a number of different roles. So whether they're using MOD's taxonomy lift, find or attack. And what we sought to do with the 149 is to marry that experience with our civil experience, particularly our experience in designing helicopters with minimum maintenance burden. So to maximize availability of aircraft. Mm. So that's really what we've sought to do. I mean, it's obviously, um, I can assume, I, I, t- I tell you what, I will assume, and you can maybe correct me, which I, I might well be wrong, but it's, it's obvious solution that could well be a good fit for the UK's uh, new medium helicopter program. And this, this is obviously a, 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 a wide a ranging program to replace a number of different helicopters currently in uh, UK service. Um, could you just sort of outline how well the AW149 will fit for a UK requirement? And maybe if you can give us as much information as possible as to how advanced these discussions might have been with, with uh, the UK customer. Well, at the outset, I would say that the UK MOD customer has yet to formally declare what their procurement strategy is and, and the timeline associated with that and even their, their requirements. So yeah. all the work that we've done today is in advance of those formal discussions. But for us, when we've looked at the recent refresh of the roadwing strategy in the Integrate Review, we've always been mindful that the MOD would see this as another opportunity to further rationalise their frontline aircraft types. There's been a direction of travel, as you're probably aware, over a number of years to be able to do that. So we thought that they might take this opportunity to further rationalise their fleets. So for us, it's never just been about a Puma replacement. There's, as you're aware, a number of other medium aircraft which are being considered. So when we looked at this requirement, we've looked at a potential replacement for four aircraft types rather than just Puma. And we sought to based upon our experience of what those aircraft types, their roles that they fulfill today um, and taking a view as to what roles they might fulfill in future with some insight from, you know, a number of test pilots who've flown a number of these types. We've sought to develop configurations for each of those roles. And for each of those roles, we've sought to develop particular uh, mission profiles. So be able to undertake operational analysis. And when you look at those configurations down to a part number level, we can understand the weight of the platform and we look at the operational analysis. For us, it just confirmed in our minds that the 149 was a really good fit across not just the pure replacement, but across these potential four different roles. The majority of the roles we believe will be focused upon lift. And from a UK customer perspective, this is lift in and out of confined areas and operating from unprepared services. 
And if you add to that um, an ambition to be able to do that at the extremes in terms of the operational environment, so whether it's hot on hive of four, five, six K ninety five at one end through dusty environments, through to operating in snow and, and no icing conditions at the other end. And the customer's ambition is to be able to operate in those environments, but at the same time lift the most amount of people or material they can. From a 149 perspective, the 149 footprint is smaller than that of a Puma. It's actually comparable to a, the footprint of a 212 and 412. But in that small footprint, we're able to provide significantly more lift. So in comparison with Puma, for the same configuration in a 149, we can lift about an additional 800 kilograms. And that's 800 kilograms of fuel, kits or people. And yeah. 800 kilograms is six troops. You know, it's, So it's a material difference or material increase in terms of lift capacity. From a cabin perspective, we've got a comparable cabin size, including storage to that, what they've got in Puma today. It's a more regular shape, we would argue, in terms of they're more usable. Two large doors, one either side of the cabin, a wide cockpit where we can fit a stretcher across, a low cabin sill, but high underbelly clearance. So it's got a bunch of attributes that lend itself to that lift role in combined areas operating in and out of unprepared surfaces. If you couple with that, you know, a high power to weight ratio and really good solid log speed handling qualities, again, it kind of lends itself to operating in and out of those kind of areas. What we've also been able to develop over the years is a series of kits or options which are on the shelf today um, to further fulfill or help fulfill, I should say, those missions. So be it fast roping and repelling, understand load, hoist. EODs, mission consoles, cruiser weapons, external weapons, tactical radars, you know, manual blade fold, etc., etc. There's a bunch of kits on the shelf today, including DAS, ballistic protection, and a full ice protection system, which again, stepping back and looking at these roles, we think will be of interest to the UK MOD. Yeah, sorry, just to jump in if I can. Um, obviously, um, it's, a, it's a key program for or a potential key program for Leonardo and a key requirement for the UK military. But, you know, with um, uh, with all this talk in recent months and, and weeks of levelling up the UK, I mean, how will a program like this serve to level up the wider uh, rotorcraft industry in the UK? Because there's another, let's say, unnamed uh, UK fast jet program that's made no, no, no secret of how it could benefit a wider UK aerospace sector. So similarly, how would an AW149 offering to the UK NMH program benefit the wider UK uh, rotary sector? Okay, well, um, I mean, the first point I would say, talking about the heritage of the aircraft, is it's a misnomer to think of the aircraft as an Italian product. When the aircraft was being developed, there was a significant amount of engineering design activity in Yeovil. And again, that was an attempt to marry military experience with our kind of civil experience. And today we continue to be actively involved in the 149 program. So in Yeovil today, the design of a number of key systems, including, for example, the structure still resides in Yeovil. And we also manufacture main rotor blades and elements of the transmission design. Out with that, in the wider UK supply chain, we already have dozens of UK suppliers who are contributing to 149. Part of our offer to the UK MOD and let's say wider government is we have 
a commitment or made a commitment that we will grow the UK content from what it is today to in the order of 60 to 70%. And key elements in terms of driving that UK content is, yes, additional activity in Yeovil, including assembly of the product in Yeovil and development of a UK specifics, but also beyond Yeovil, you know, to onshore some key components and to increase the number of UK suppliers. If we look at a heat map in terms of where we are today and where we're going to get to, you know, there is already today, you know, a significant spread across each of the nations of the UK in terms of contribution to 149 and we would seek to grow that. Okay, good stuff. Uh, just a, a final question. Now, obviously, I'm, I realise that you're head of UK campaign, so this might be a little bit outside of your ballpark, but I'll try it anyway. In terms of wider export opportunities for the AW149, um, you know, the sort of the projection of global demand for medium helicopters and where Leonardo's platform fits into that. Are there other prospects for, for the platform? Yes, there are. So a, a key element of our proposition to the MOD is to leverage what we've got in terms of an off-the-shelf product such that we could deliver it to the UK MOD within two years, within the two years lead time. In addition to that, what we're also making a commitment to do is on the back of a UK MOD acquisition is to then look at subsequent exports from the UK. Now, market analysis has conservatively estimated that within this, let's say the next 15 to 20 years, in terms of an addressable market, there are about 500, 550 aircraft opportunity out there. So we've taken a view as to how much of that's realizable and we would seek to export that from the UK. And with the endorsement of the UK MOD customer as a reference nation around the world, we think that will be a great help in helping us unlock some of those export opportunities. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Well, no doubt we'll hear more on the AW149 in the coming months ahead. Uh, but for now, unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there. Thanks again to Mike Morris, our head of UK campaigns. Thank you very much, sir. Cheers. Thank you. For our listeners, if you'd like to learn more about the topics discussed in the podcast or other air domain news, visit the Key Aero and Air International websites. But for now, until next week, thanks for tuning in. This has been a podcast from Key Aero, your aviation destination. Remember, visit www.key.aero for more of the same. Thanks for stopping by, and we hope to catch up with you again soon.